0: Father, we thank you that you've made us the way we are. We are thankful for the variety. We are thankful, Lord, how we look different one from another. We see, Lord, that when you bring us together like this, we see the beauty that comes out of it. Therefore, Lord, we are grateful to be in your presence on this International Sunday We ask that you give us of your spirit to speak to us, touch our hearts. Anyone that is here, Father, maybe we have been here before. Maybe this is the first day we are coming here. We believe you have a reason for us to be here today. Therefore, Lord, let that reason for you say you will send your word and it will not return to you void. Let your word accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it this afternoon. In Jesus name. Amen. Now clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated and turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. I want to read from the New Living Translation for um, so we can have simple explanations and uh, understanding so we can move. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Now I, I see... Acts chapter 2 in this place right now where a lot of people from different nations gathered together. Now we are going to look at when God has the opportunity to bring people from different nations. What is the message that he has for them? And we want to see what God will tell us if we have gathered from different parts of the world. If we have gathered in his presence and he's here, what word will he give us? Is this something that we should know? Yes. Can I hear an amen? amen? Wonderful. So in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. May the flames of fire settle on each one of you Amen. as we have gathered in the presence of God. He says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard a loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet, we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Are you with me? Are you following You are not sleeping. Do I have your attention? Please do not be on your phones. I want you to listen to what I have for you this afternoon. Perhaps you will not have the opportunity to ever hear this again. Amen. Perhaps you will not have the opportunity to be in a gathering like this. Where God will speak to you in this form. So here, these people have gathered, and the Christians are speaking, and they seem to understand everyone. So the Bible says they were completely amazed, and they said, how can this be? They exclaimed, these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Persians, Midis. Elamites, these are different groups of people. Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, from Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Syria, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs. Hallelujah. So you see that God has gathered people from different nations, from Europe, from Asia, from Africa, and he has gathered people from different religions also. So from whatever background, God has brought you together and he has a word for you. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? Ask your neighbor, what can this mean? So when God brings people like this together, when God gathers people from different nations, different religions, different tribes together, what can this mean? Amen. Amen. They ask each other, but others in the crowd. Say, "others others in the crowd. And there are such others also sitting here right now. The Bible says, But others in the crowd. Because you see, such people that I'm going to tell you now, they will always be in the crowd. They will always be in the crowd. But may it not be you today. I say, may you not be that other. The Bible says, but others in the crowd ridiculed them. They were laughing at them. Saying, oh, they are just drunk. That's all. They are just drunk. It's like they are not... They they, they are just talking. They are just talking. They are ignorant. These are ignorant people. We are not ignorant. We are learned men and women. I say we are learned men and women. We are not ignorant. We have gone to school for many years. And we have studied deep things. We take care of deep things. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? We are not ignorant. As I'm standing here right now, I am coming from work. I am not ignorant. I am not ignorant. This is important to me. I have worked 24 hours into the morning taking care of people who are sick and dying in an intensive care unit, but I'm here this morning because this is more important than anything that I did the last 24 hours. I am not an ignorant person. I said, I am not an ignorant person. When someone is dying, when someone is dying, when you are in a state where you are dying, you are dying, and your heart rate is going from 50 to 45 to 35 to 30 to 20, they call me and I give you something to save your life. I am not ignorant. I know what I'm talking about. I am not ignorant. So I want you to listen to what I have for you. if I know such medicine to give you to save your life. I am not ignorant. Amen. Amen. He says, others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they are just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. Tell your neighbor, listen carefully. He said, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistakes. He says, make no mistake. Make no mistake. We are not ignorant. We are not drunk. He said, make no mistake about this. What you are seeing is very symbolic and make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk. As some of you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning, and it's too early. It's much too early for that. Nobody can be drunk this hour. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Then Peter preached a very powerful sermon. He preached a very powerful sermon to them. And time will not allow us to... Listen to Peter's sermon. But at the end of the sermon, in verse 36, he said something. Verse 36, in Acts chapter 2, he says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain, say for certain. certain. Say, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, To be both Lord and Messiah. God has made him to be both Lord and a Savior. This Jesus, God has made him to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And today that is a question that you have to ask yourself. What should I do? What should I do? He says, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 I am talking to you this afternoon about repent and turn to God. Repent and turn to God. He says, each of you, each of you, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. When God gathers a nation, when God gathers international people, people from different nations, when he gathers them together, his message to them is, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized within the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins. Each of you must turn to God. You may have been here many times. You may have come to church many times. You may have been a Christian or a so-called Christian many times. But today, God's message for you, you, it says, each of you must repent and turn to God. Amen. 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 Repentance and turning to God, they are the two processes that lead to your deliverance from a very, very dangerous thing. Repentance and turning to God. Amen. They are the two processes that everyone has to take to receive deliverance from a very dangerous thing. Is even some of you when I say deliverance, you don't know what it is. You have never heard deliverance before. You don't know what is deliverance. Because it's not a common thing you hear in the world. It says repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness for the forgiveness of your sins. Now the dangerous thing I'm talking about is Sin. Sin. The three-letter word, very simple word: S-I-N. sin. Say S-I-N, Sin. 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 You see, these three-letter words are very benign in nature. When we say something is benign, it means that it looks very harmless. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When they say, "Oh, this disease is benign, it means it's not going to kill you." It looks very harmless. So sin has a very benign nature to it. But very dangerous consequences. It has very dangerous end. Very dangerous results. Now because of its benign presentation, many people, many people, including Christians, who have been in the church for many years, they either are ignorant of its consequences or they underestimate underestimate the effects of sin. Though they have been here for many years, they are either ignorant of the real consequences of sin or they are underestimating because it has such a benign nature. Amen. Amen. You see, sin, the word sin, is not a common word in the everyday language. It's not something that you hear in everyday language, except in the church. That is when you hear about sin. So in the world, people make fun of it. People take it for a joke. People can name a TV program, and they call it Sin City, and it is acceptable And people watch it on TV and they leave it on on in their living rooms. And there's no problem. The law has nothing against it. The government has nothing against it. It's a common thing. Sin city. And it's a joke. Beloved, you cannot joke with sin. What about if we call it child abuse city? Uh Aha. You see? uh Aha. How can you say that? How can you put something like this on TV? How can you put a program like this and call it child abuse city? How about if you call it city of prostitutes or prostitute city? There will be a lot of alarms. You see? Because sin looks so benign. But all of these things, they are sin. And it's presented to you as though sin is a very benign thing. You can joke with it. You can play with it. You can lay down and pick it up anytime, and it will not harm you. It will not do you no harm. Or it will do you no harm. Because it has a very deceptive nature. Sometimes it seems to give you a sense of pleasure. And to attract you to indulge in it. But it's real consequences. Or it's real end result is something that most people who handle it, most people who are involved in it, do not consider. It's real consequences. Sin has no respect for a person. Sin does not mind if you are young or old. Its effect is the same. It doesn't mind if you know about him or you don't know about him. The effect is the same. It doesn't matter if you are a pastor or you are not a pastor. The effect is the same. Whatever your age is, whether you are ignorant of it or you know about it, the effect of sin is the same man of God was sharing a story in his church and he he narrated a story about a 13 year old girl that he saw in his church and when he saw the church behold the child was pregnant 13 year old in the church why did I say it happened you know some of you don't like my message I think we should just end and then We should go and have our barbecue, whatever food. is your mind on the food. I'm very tired as I'm standing here, but what I'm sharing with you is very important to me. Very important to me. That is why I'm taking my time to share with you. And I want you to also take your time and listen. 13-year-old, in the church, pregnant. So the pastor called her and said, sit down. And said, who did this to you? He said, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did it. He said, who? Somebody in the church did that to her. I'm talking about in the church. You see, we play with sin. We handle sin as if nothing is wrong with it somebody in the church so he said to her go and call him and bring him here so the pastor was sitting restless and lo and behold the girl comes back another 15 year old boy in the church do you see why my eyes are red and I'm preaching like this And that is why I asked some of the young people to sit in the church to hear me. And from now on, I want them to sit in the church because I've realized that they can do things, sins that adults handle, adult sins. They are handling it. So this 15-year-old boy comes and the pastor said, hey, what happened? He said, we were just playing we were just playing apparently this 16 year old, 15 year old boy has been watching a lot of pornography you don't know what your children are watching when they are in their rooms you do, you, they say they are doing their homework on their computers they are watching pornography And they think they, they, they go to school and they get A's and B's and they still are able to watch their pornography. So they think sin has no effects on you. Sin can't do you any harm. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, they said that 75% of, of the internet, internet traffic, internet traffic 75% is pornography. 75% is pornography so the children they are being bombarded bombarded they are looking for dy dx equal y equals x squared plus 2 and as they are looking something is clicking underneath their computer and a naked girl is just checking herself and showing her in the internet as the child is learning mathematics you have no idea Sin is a dangerous thing. Sin is a dangerous thing. And it's shaking, disturbing you. It's not staying still. It's shaking. Click me, click me, click me, click me. True or not true? True. So the pastor asked him, so now what are you doing about this? He says, uh, my mama says I have to work and uh, take care of her. So 15-year-old boy, he has left school and he has to work. So he can take care of his wife and his unborn child that is coming. So you see, it may look as if you are having just a little bit of fun. But sin can change the course of a 15-year-old boy's life. It can change the course of your life forever. Sin. It can change the course of a young person. It can change the course of someone who wants to get married. It can change your course. It can change your course that now you have two children and you are looking for a husband. Two children and you are looking for a wife. Sin has changed your course. And this one sees you and says, you're two children. I like you, but you're two children. They're children. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you, except that God shows you mercy. But may the Lord show you mercy because today you are repenting and you are turning to God. Amen. Amen. Sin has led so many people to do all kinds of things. Sin has caused many people to take out their lives. To commit suicide. Sin. Sin has led to the broken of many homes. Many homes. Sometimes through alcoholism. Through adultery. Through lies. Sin. They are all sin. Their end, gambling, all kinds of things. Their end is always to destroy you. Sin. So you realize that no one, no one has lived in sin and been a successful person or a happy person. No one, no one. It either leads to you are rich, but you are a miserable person. It has led to poverty. Leads to disappointment. It has lead, it has it has led to depression. It leads to chronic sickness. Sickness. It leads to lack of trust. Sin, as a result of sin, people sit in chronic illness, chronic disease, no deliverance. Amen. John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm preaching a good word. I'm preaching now in my Pakistani words. Amen. I'm preaching a very good message. John chapter 5 and verse 1. John chapter 5 and verse 1. Are you with me? Yes. yes. He says, afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem. You see, do you see this, the the results, the effects of sense as I'm aligning to you? Yes. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Quickly, please. Inside the city, near the sheep gate. Was the pool of Beth, Bethesda with five covered porches? Look, when we are reading these things, believe them. I was at the pool of Bethesda where the porches are there, where Jesus went. I was there. You will be there also. Amen. I said, You will be there. Amen. When we are reading this, you don't think they are stories. It says, inside, this, inside the city near the ship gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. I saw them, pool of Bethesda. They are still there. They, 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 it has sunk. I mean, they, it has sunk, but they have dug it. You can see the stones and you see the porches. They are there. Wow. They are there. You'll be there. No. I said you'll be there. Shh, but listen, please. Let's focus. Very important, please. Crowds of sick people. Say crowds of sick people. Crowds of sick people. people, Blind, lame, or paralyzed. Lay on the porches. One of the men lying there has been sick for 38 years. 38 years. Sin can make you be in a chronic condition. 38 years. And they say they don't know what is wrong with you. They can't find medicine for you. Take this, and it calms you down. Take this, and it calms you down. Demons. Because sin opens door for demons to enter. And doctors have no medicine for demons. Only one person has medicine for demons. I said, only one person has medicine for demons. Yeah. Only one person. Sometimes somebody comes to the hospital with a simple disease that you may have treated this many, many, many times. That, same, that person alone, you give that medicine, it's not working. You give this, it's not working. You give stronger than that, it's not working. And the person is dying. Demon. You can't help the person. He says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? He said, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. After 38 years. 38 years. As the only one person. After 38 years. Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. And instantly. Say instantly. 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 Today when Jesus asks you, would you want to be well? If he asks you, would you want me to come into you? And you say yes, instantly, instantly, he comes into you. He changes your life. He transforms your life. Instantly, instantly, instantly. So instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man, who Who was? Who was? they said to the man who was killed you can't walk on a Sabbath the Lord doesn't allow you to carry what, that sleeping man many people they don't want you to be well I'm telling you and you think they are friends you think they are priests you think they are this they don't want you to be well they are agents of demons they want you to be in your state for 38 years Forever and ever. Yes. You think they are happy when you find Christ? No. That is why sometimes they laugh at you. Church, church, church. Every time, church, church. Every time, church. Why do you spend so much time in church? But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walk. I don't know, can I read my own Bible? Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, say afterwards. Afterwards. Jesus found him in the temple and told him. You see, when he was healed, when Jesus comes into your life, the next thing that you ought to do is to be found in the temple. You will not sit at the porch anymore. You will be in the temple. He will put you in his church, where he will meet you, where he will minister to you. Amen. Amen. So he says, but afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, are you listening? Are you listening? I am sharing something very important with you. When Jesus found him, he told him, "Now you are well. So do what. Stop sinning. I cannot hear you. Stop stop I cannot hear you. Stop I cannot hear you." Stop I cannot hear you. Stop he says, "Now you are well. So stop sinning, or oh, or oh. something even worse." Worse may happen to you. You have no idea the effects of sin. You have you think it is that chronic illness alone, something worse than that chronic disease for 38 years will happen to you. Sin. It's not a thing to joke with that Christians. You say you are a Christian, you come to church, you go and you come, you go, and you are a liar. It's a sin. You are a thief. It's a sin. You see, sin is not a common language that you will hear, you know, at work and then somebody says, oh, you have committed sin. No. Are you understanding what I'm saying with you? The word, for instance, like fornication. A lot of people don't know what it is. They don't know what is fornication. But it's sin. But in the world, it is not sin. You can't tell someone who has a girlfriend and sleeping with a girl that's it's sin. Or someone who is married and sleeping with someone, another girl is adultery. You can't tell someone in the world. It's you are telling someone who doesn't know about these things because sin is so benign. It's a normal thing for people to do in the world. Now, unfortunately, it happens also in the church. I will show you. That it happens in the church. Or you don't want me to show you? Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Hallelujah. This is my message misery in 38 years. He meets Jesus and he's delivered. And Jesus says, Stop sinning, stop the sin. Stop the sin. Tell your neighbor, stop the sin. Stop the sin. Say, stop the sin. Stop the sin. Else, something worse, worse. will happen to you. Amen. Amen. Now, the worst thing is what I'm talking about. The worst thing is what you need to know. That you will end up with this result the end result of sin. What is this worst thing that Jesus is talking about? And I'm sharing this with you that today you will turn around. Make an 180 degrees turn and turn to God. Repent and turn to God that your sins may be forgiven. That your sins may be forgiven. So in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, here is the worst thing that Jesus is talking about. He says, for the wages of sin, that means the payment, the ultimate check, the ultimate reward, the ultimate payment for your sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 The ultimate result, the wages of sin is death. And I'm not talking about you close your eyes and you can't breathe anymore. That is not what I'm talking about. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. So this is my message. This is my message. This is what God wants to tell you today. And the Bible says in Mark 16 verse 16, it says anyone, anyone who believes, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Anyone who refuses to believe, he'll be condemned. But anyone who believes, beloved, it is belief. I am not here this afternoon to prove to you. I am not here, I'm not a scientist to prove to you, to make proof to you that heaven is real and hell is real, that is not my point, that is not what I'm here for I'm not here to prove to you I cannot prove that to you because then it ceases for you to believe but Jesus said, anyone who believes, and the, the previous scripture, look at it, verse 15 verse 15, it says and then he told them, go into all the world, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, that is all I'm doing, I'm preaching the good news to you and when you hear and you believe then the Bible says you are saved but if you don't believe you are damned it's a matter of belief so stop fooling around stop playing with God and saying prove to me if god is there who was his wife nonsense don't be asking such questions he said who was god's wife that he has a son that he gave it he says any i'm not here to prove to you who was god's wife who was god's daughter and who was god's cousin i am not here to prove to you i am here to prove to you the gospel of jesus christ that jesus christ died he rose again on the third day and he went ascended into heaven and he says anyone who believes that he died for your sins, you will be saved. That is my message. That is not what I'm here for, to prove to you. I'm here to just preach to you that you will no more be ignorant, that you cannot say to God that I never heard this before. That is all that God is interested in. You want me to show you? That is all that God is interested in, that you heard. That is what's preached to you, that you knew. You didn't need a proof you either want to believe and be saved, or you didn't believe and you are done. So in Luke chapter 16, my last scripture for the day, Luke chapter 16, quickly, and verse 19, Luke 16 verse 19, the Bible says, Jesus said, are you listening? You are not listening. I cannot see you focusing. The Bible says, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen. Mine is not purple, but this is fine linen. Really fine linen. Why are you jealous? Pope, why are you jealous of my fine linen? It said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen. And who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sauce. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sauce. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. Thank you, Jesus. And his soul went to the place of the dead. The rich man. His soul went where? The place of the dead. I'm talking about the, the dangerous thing. Jesus says, if you don't stop the sin... A worse thing will happen to you. That is the wages. Wages. This is the debt that I'm talking about. He says, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, "Father Abraham, have some pity! Father Abraham, have some pity!" Abraham, have some pity. You see, some of you are going to cry and say, Lord, have some pity. You see, you think God is a very kind God all the time. He's a very loving God. But he gives you a chance whilst you are alive. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here, over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. I am in anguish in these flames. You see, when you continue in the sin, and you die in the sin, because you see, you don't know when you will die. You think that you will toil with the sin, you are playing with it, tomorrow I will repent. And from tomorrow on towards, I'm not doing this thing anymore. But you don't know. I'm telling you, I see young people and old people die. 25-year-old, 29-year-old, 82-year-old. They die, all of them. He says, I am in anguish. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted. You know there are some of you, you had... You were in a state or you were in a place where you didn't have anything. You didn't. When people have everything that they wanted, when people get everything that they need, they don't think about God. They don't care about God. Some of you, you were in a place where you were hungry all the time and you were always thinking about God. Today, you have everything that you want. Today, you can drive a car. Today you can buy shoes when you close your eyes like this and it doesn't matter to you. Today you can get anything that you want so you don't care about God. He says in your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now it's here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides there is a great chasm or separation that separates us. No one can cross over to you from here. And no one can cross over to us from there. Now listen. Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. Send him to my father's home. You have to move with me, please. He says, send him to my father's home. I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. Are you reading? Yes. Are you reading? Yes. He says, send someone, send Lazarus, to go and warn my five brothers that they don't come here. Now you have to understand that the man was able to identify Father Abraham. That means the man, he knows about the Bible. The man who was in church. The man was not ignorant. He heard about sin. But he thought it was a joke. You know, after church, he's checking the woman out. Checking who he may devour today. You know, he's checking them out. And then he singles one out. And he takes one out. Takes this one. Because he has money. Because he has a car. Because he can buy you things. Because he can do things for you. So he's taking them one by one. And he thinks it's a joke. He thinks he's smart. And Abraham said, "You see, so he's telling Father Abraham to send someone. And Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. You see, you cannot say to God that I didn't hear about it. You cannot tell God that I didn't know that this sin, this small sin, was going to lead me in this place. So Abraham said to him, Moses and the prophets have warned them. That means they are in church. They are in church. I said they are hearing it. They are in church. You are here. Tell yourself I am here. Say, Reverend, I'm hearing you. Say, Reverend, I'm hearing you. You see, because you can't tell the Lord that I didn't preach to you about that. It says, Moses and the prophets had warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. This afternoon, I am not here to prove anything to you. I am here to share with you the same thing that the prophets read that I read and I believed and I gave my life to Christ. I don't have anything else to offer you but the same thing. You must also receive what is written in the Bible Amen. and receive it and repent and turn to God Amen. and receive salvation. Amen. Because that is all. God has nothing else to offer you. If you are looking for some power, you see, if God is interested he can make all of you, all of you, give your life to Christ, even if you are born again, to do it again today, if God wants to. Because right now, if God show you something, he flashes hell in your face right now. All of you, all of you will lift up your hand to give your life to Christ. I'm telling you. All of you. That is why when I'm saying the sinner's prayer, I say it also, just in case, the last one. The one I said, just in case, or just in case one of the people anoint me and I sin in my heart. One, just in case. I don't want to live with any sin. He says, and Abraham said, Moses and the prophets had warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. They can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, if there is some, something strange the gospel comes with, something strange, like someone from the dead is sharing the gospel, someone who has seen hell, real fire, someone who has been in it is sharing the gospel, then they may believe. He says, if someone from the dead goes back and share with them, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But listen, Father Abraham said, God has nothing more to give you. All God has for you is what I'm sharing with you. All God has for you is a pastor in Pakistani dress and a cross and a Jewish hat that is sharing with you. So Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, They won't listen even if someone rises from the dead. Hallelujah. Beloved, whenever I have the opportunity, I will share this message with you. Whenever I'm given the opportunity, I will read the scripture with you. Because the only proof you have to say that heaven and hell are real, it just comes from Jesus Christ. That is why God gave his only begotten son to die for you. God did not give his only begotten son to die and you'll be joking with it. You have been joking with God for too long. You have been fooling with church for too long. You have been playing with salvation for too long. It's enough. Today is your day. Put your hands together for Jesus and stand to your feet. Please, everyone, please stand to your feet with me. I want everyone to close his eyes. Please don't move. No movement. No movement. Don't let anyone drive you out. No movement. No movement. Don't let the devil drive you out. It's a very important moment right now. Very important moment. No movement. Because he was a rich man. He was a rich man. He didn't care about God. You have toiled with salvation for too long perhaps you have never heard a message preached to you like this before but god brought you here for a reason you have never heard anyone talk to you about heaven and about hell like this before today is your opportunity to receive jesus as your savior to receive jesus as your master to receive jesus as your lord God has nothing else to share with you. He says what is written, what the prophets have written, is all you have. That is what we are reading today. So if you are here this afternoon, you have been toiling out your salvation for so long. People have given you tracks. You look at it and you throw it away. People have tried to invite you to church. For some reason with all reluctance today you came. I believe God brought you here for a reason. God brought you here for a purpose. Beloved, do not joke with heaven and with hell. Do not joke with it. Don't joke with sin. The Bible says, repent, turn to God, and your sins will be forgiven. This afternoon, I want to give everyone that is here, everyone. He says, preach the gospel, the good news to everyone. Beloved, you are here this afternoon. Perhaps you are a Christian. You have come to church many times. But you know in your heart. You know in your heart. You know in your heart that if you were to die today. You would go to hell. Beloved hell is not a place. For anyone to go. Hell is not a place for anyone to joke with. Hell is not a place for anyone. You are here this afternoon. Jesus said. Even if your arm. One of your arms is taking you to hell. It is better to cut it off so you don't go to hell. Hell is a dangerous place for everyone. He says, stop sinning or a western, a western Sin will take you to hell. Sin will take you to hell. This afternoon, I want to give everyone that is here an opportunity. Perhaps you are a Christian for many years, but you know in your heart that you have not really taken Jesus seriously this afternoon I want to give everyone an opportunity you want to receive Jesus Christ you want to be done with sin and say I am not going to hell I am receiving Jesus as my savior wherever you are you are saying pastor pray with me lift up your right hand right now and I'll pray with you wherever you are just lift up your right hand with all eyes closed I see your hand God bless you I see your hand God bless you everyone anyone you are here you come to church beloved this is not a time to say they all know that i am saved i don't want to lift up my hand it is not about that it is not about your pride that alone is taking you to hell lift up your hand and i'll pray with you right now lift up your hand properly you are coming to jesus lift up your hand i can see your hand i can see your hand i can see your hand lift up your hand anyone everyone that is here it's not about a christian it's not about an arab it's not about the jew he says when he gathered all of them together when he gathered the jews and the arabs and and the judaism all of these people together he says repent and turn to god everyone don't play with hell don't play with god don't play with it yes i see your hand i see your hand if you have lifted up your hand join me here right now i want to pray with you this afternoon, it's your day. This is your chance. This is your day. He you said instantly, instantly, Jesus came into their lives. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come for them. It is a bold step you are taking. There are many more. I feel in my spirit that there are many more people here. God wants to save you right now. God wants to save you. God wants to, want to save you. We are not ignorant of the people. There are many. I feel in my spirit. I feel that there are many more. Come on, come on. Come on. It doesn't matter. Let's slow down, please. Please. It doesn't matter if you are ignorant, if you know, or you don't. Sin has no respect of that. So if you are not sure also, you are not sure that you have really received salvation I want you to join right now come come right now lift up your hand and come just lift up your hand and come you are saying if I die today where am I going where am I going he says when the poor man died the angels carried him into Abraham's bosom but when the rich man died in hell in hell he lifted up his eyes he says we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ everyone Everyone, is there anyone I feel in my spirit that there are two people here, you need to receive Jesus come, God bless you God bless you, wonderful we are going you may not have this opportunity I believe you have never heard salvation like this before but God brought you here for a purpose God brought you here for a reason come forward, true salvation God bless you, God bless you God bless you. Beloved, it is between you and God. God sees in your heart. There are some of you, you will not live to hear this again. You will not have this opportunity again. I'm telling you, I feel it. We shall come at your funeral and then we will proclaim that you are a Christian because we don't know. Because we saw you in church. Come forward. Quickly. Come. Come. I have time for you. One more person. Come. Come one more person, one more person come, you can hear a voice you can hear a voice I don't know why, beloved come come God bless you God bless you now lift up your hands, all of you who are here, lift up your hands and I want you to say this with me say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. thank you for dying for me Today, Lord Jesus, I turn aside. I turn away from my sins. I repent from my sins. And I'm turning to you, oh God. I am turning to you, oh God. Forgive me of my sins. Say, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Lord Jesus, cleanse me. Wash me. Please forgive me. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Master. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Please write my name in the book of life. Now say this after me. Say, my name is, and mention your name. My name is Reverend Bright in Cromer. Please write my name. Please write this name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Now repeat this. Say, Satan. I have taken Jesus. I have taken Jesus. I no longer walk with you. You are no longer my master. I will serve Jesus. He will find me in his temple. Lord Jesus, give me the power to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for all these children that you have called unto you. Lord, You, if there is just one of them that was on earth, because without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption, you would have shed your blood. That is how precious these souls are to you. Now, Lord, I ask, oh God, build a hedge around them. Father, let not the enemy have a hand in their lives. Father, protect these ones. Let there be a divine covering. Assign each one of them an angel of God. Give them the power to overcome sin. Give them the power to overcome sin. May they serve you until you come. May they serve you until they meet you. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our dual of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Krumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.